Venerable Chodron is still not here tonight, so I'll be taking her place and doing a review. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to continue the review of the Easy Path Long Rim that she's been doing. Tonight will be about the purpose, rarity, and opportunity for obtaining a precious human life. But first, we're going to do a breathing meditation. So, sit comfortably, relax. Keep your eyes open a little bit, try and let some light in. And simply observe your breath. Check your body posture. Is your spine straight? We'll do a light body scan. We'll start at the top of our head. Observe the top of your head. If you feel any discomfort, pain, pressure, just relax and let it go. Sweep down your head, over your eyes, relax your jaw, the back of your head. Just relax. Your shoulders. Down your arms. Past your elbows. Just let it all flow out and down. Past your wrists and out your fingers. Now go back to your shoulders. Go down your back. Go down your front. Just let it all go down. If there's any pain or pressure, just breathe warmth into it and let it go. Pass your stomach. Past your hips, down your legs, 
let it flow down now. Past your knees. Past your shins, your calves. Down. Your feet. And out your toes. Now observe your breath. In, out, in, out. Try and keep your mind focused on your breath. If it wanders away, bring it gently back.
Your mind has wandered away. Gently bring it back to your breath.
Now, think of the qualities of infinite love, compassion, wisdom, skillful means, and other wonderful qualities you aspire to develop. What would it feel like to be those qualities? Get a sense of the expansiveness and peace of having a wise and kind heart that reaches out impartially to work for the benefit of all beings. Those qualities of love, compassion, wisdom, skillful means, and so on, now appear in the physical form of the Buddha in the space in front of you. He sits on a throne above which is an open lotus flower and cushions of the sun and moon disk. His body is made of radiant, transparent light, as is the entire visualization. His body is golden, and he wears the robes of a monastic. His right palm rests on his right knee, and his left is in his lap, holding a bowl of nectar, which is medicine to cure our afflictions and other hindrances. Buddha's face is very beautiful. His smiling, compassionate gaze looks at you with total acceptance and simultaneously encompasses all beings. His eyes are long, narrow, and peaceful. His lips are red and his ear lobes long. Rays of light emanate from each pore of the Buddha's body and reach every part of the universe. These rays carry countless miniature Buddhas, some going out to help other beings, others dissolving back into the Buddha after having finished their work. The Buddha is surrounded by the entire lineage of spiritual teachers, all meditational deities, innumerable other Buddhas, Bodhisattvas, Arhats, Dakas, Dakinis, and Dharma protectors. To the side of each spiritual mentor is an elegant table upon which are arranged volumes of Dharma teachings. Surrounding you are all sentient beings appearing in human form, with the mother on the left and your father on your right. The people you do not get along with are in front of you. All of you are looking at the Buddha for guidance. Cultivate a central refuge 
First think of the dangers of cyclic existence by remembering your own lack of security, dissatisfaction, and suffering. Then think of all other sentient beings who, like you, flounder in cyclic existence and generate compassion for them. Now think of the wonderful qualities of the Buddhas, Dharma and Sangha, and generate confidence in their ability to guide you from the constantly recurring problems of cyclic existence. Since it's possible, on the basis of your present life and mind, to free yourself from all these undesirable experiences, resolve to explore that possibility to its fullest. Feel great trust and confidence in the three jewels and open your heart to rely on them to guide you and others from the torments of cyclic existence to the peace of liberation and awakening. As you take refuge, Imagine leading all sentient beings around you and going for refuge to the three jewels. Visualize radiant light flowing from the spiritual mentors, Buddhas, Bodhisattvas, and other holy beings into you and into all beings around you, completely purifying all destructive karma, imprints, and afflictions. The light also enriches you with all wondrous qualities and realizations of the path. Namo Gurubhya Namo Buddhaya Namo Dhammaya Namo Sanghaya have come under the protection of the three jewels. Now turn your thoughts to others and contemplate how much we depend on them for everything we enjoy and know in our lives. Our food, clothing, and everything we use and enjoy come due to their efforts. Similarly, our knowledge, talents, and good qualities have been developed due to the kindness of others. Even our ability to practice the Dharma and gain realizations depend 
on the kindness of sentient beings. Just as your innermost wish is to be free from suffering and to abide in happiness, so too is it the aspiration of all other beings. But they, like you, encounter suffering and problems in their lives, and often their difficulties are much worse than your own. Examine your capacity to help them. At this time, your ability to help them is quite limited. But if you reduce your own ignorance, anger, attachment, and other faults, and increase your good qualities, such as generosity, fortitude, loving-kindness, compassion, and wisdom, you will be of greater benefit. If you become a fully awakened Buddha, you will be of the greatest possible benefit to all beings. Thus generate the altruistic intention to become a Buddha in order to benefit all sentient beings most effectively. As you recite the refuge and bodhicitta prayer, much light flows from the Buddhas and other holy beings into you and to all of the sentient beings surrounding you, purifying and enriching your mind. I take refuge until I have awakened in the Buddhas, the Dharma, and the Sangha. By the merit I create by engaging in generosity and the other far-reaching practices may I attain Buddhahood in order to benefit all sentient beings. I take refuge until I have awakened in the Buddha's Dharma and the Sangha. By the merit I create by engaging in generosity and the other far-reaching practices, may I attain Buddhahood in order to benefit all sentient beings. I take refuge until I have awakened in the Buddha's Dharma and the Sangha. By the merit I create by engaging in generosity and the other far-reaching practices, may I attain Buddhahood in order to benefit all sentient beings. The Buddha is extremely pleased with your altruistic intention. A replica emerges from him and goes to the crown of your head. He melts in the golden radiant light that flows into you and you and the Buddha become inseparable. Feel close to the Buddha and feel that your mind has been inspired and transformed. Let go of all conceptions you have about yourself, particularly any self-denigrating thoughts and the concept of inherent existence and meditate on emptiness.
that your heart appears a small Buddha made of light. He radiates the light of wisdom and compassion in all directions throughout the entire universe. The light transforms all sentient beings into Buddhas and transforms all environment in, into pure lands, places with all conducive circumstances for practicing the Dharma and generating realizations of the path. You have transformed all sentient beings and their environments into awakened beings in pure lands in your imagination. Why hasn't this become a reality? Because we sentient beings have bias and prejudice and lack love, compassion and joy. Wishing yourselves and others to have these, contemplate the four measurables. Reinforce your feelings of love, compassion, joy, and equanimity for everyone. Friends, relatives, strangers, as well as those who you dislike, mistrust, disapprove of, and those who have harmed you in the past. May all sentient beings have happiness in its causes. May all sentient beings be free of suffering in its causes. May all sentient beings not be separated from sorrowless bliss. May all sentient beings abide in equanimity, free of bias, attachment, and anger. Now as we offer this heavenly prayer to purify negativities and create merit, we'll contemplate between each line. Reverently, I prostrate with my body, speech, and mind. Imagine you and sentient beings throughout infinite space bow to the field of merit. And present clouds of every type of offering, actual and mentally transformed. Imagine every beautiful object you can and offer it to the field of merit. Imagine the sky filled with lovely offerings and offer them. Similarly, think of everything and everyone to whom you are attached and offer them to the field of merit as well.
I confess all my destructive actions accumulated since beginning this time. Acknowledge your past mistakes and harmful actions and purify them by contemplating the four opponent powers. Regret, taking refuge in generating bodhicitta, determining not to do them again, and engaging in remedial action. and rejoice in the virtues of all holy and ordinary beings. Think of the virtues of all the holy and ordinary beings and feel happy. Abandon any feeling of jealousy or envy and rejoice in all the goodness of the world. Please remain until cyclic existence ends. Offer a double dorji, symbolizing long life, to the field of merit, and request them to live long and always be part of your life. and turn the wheel of dharma for sentient beings. Offer a thousand-spoke dharma wheel to the field of merit, requesting them to teach the dharma and to guide you in your practice. I dedicate all the virtues of myself and others to the great awakening. Rejoicing at your own and others' merit, dedicated to the awakening of yourself and all sentient beings. With the wish to offer everything in the universe in order to receive Dharma teachings and to realize them in your mind stream, Imagine the entire universe and everything beautiful in it and respectfully offer it to the field of merit. This ground anointed with perfume flowers strewn with meru for the sun and moon imagined as a Buddha land and offer to you, may all beings enjoy this pure land. The objects of attachment, aversion, and ignorance, friends, enemies, and strangers, my body, wealth, and enjoyments, I offer these without any sense of loss. Please accept them with pleasure and inspire me and others to be free from the three poisonous attitudes.
All the beings in the field of merit receive your offerings with delight. The offerings dissolve into light and absorb into the Buddha's heart. From his heart, light radiates to you, filling your body and mind and inspiring you to accomplish the path. To progress on the path and develop the realizations of the path to awakening, you need the inspiration of the lineage of spiritual mentors, especially your principal teacher or root guru, the one who touched your heart so deeply with the Dharma. Thus request. Glorious and precious root guru, sit upon the lotus and moon seat on my crown, guiding me with your great kindness, bestow upon me the attainments of your body, speech, and mind. A replica of your teacher in the aspect of the Buddha emerges from the Buddha in front of you and comes to sit on the lotus and moon cushion on your head, facing the same direction as you. The eyes through whom the vast scriptures are seen, supreme doors for the fortunate who would cross over to spiritual freedom, illuminators whose wise means vibrate with compassion, to the entire line of spiritual mentors, I make request. All the figures in the field of merit melt into light and dissolve into the central figure of the Buddha in front of you. As the embodiment of the three jewels, the Buddha now absorbs into the Buddha on your crown. As you recite the Buddha's mantra, much white light flows from the Buddha into you purifying all negativities and obscurations, and generating within you all the realizations of the stages of the path. Taya ta mani mani maha mani soha 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 Taya ta Taya ta mani mani maha mani soha Taya ta mani mani maha mani soha Taya ta
that I have attained not only carry great potential, they are also extremely difficult to attain. The majority of sentient beings, humans and otherwise, engage mostly in the ten nine virtues and so forth, which are obstacles to attaining freedom and fortune. In particular, to attain an excellent rebirth, contemplate with freedom and fortune, you must have pure ethical discipline as a base supplement it with generosity and so forth, and complete these with stainless prayers and so forth. Since such causes are very rarely created, the probability of attaining a simple high rebirth as compared to a low rebirth as an animal and so on is barely conceivable. Compared to simple happy rebirths, Lives complete with freedom and fortune are as infrequent as stars visible during the day. For that reason, I must not waste in meaningless activities the difficult to attain and once attained very meaningful life complete with freedom and fortune that I have found just this once. Instead, I must take full advantage of it. The way to take full advantage of it is to rely on my spiritual mentors who are inseparable from the Buddha, and to apply the key instructions of the supreme vehicle that they teach. May I thereby, in one life, easily attain Buddhahood. Guru Deity, please inspire me to be able to do so. It's important to meditate on the meaning and purpose of our life. What does it mean to have a meaningful life? Are you taking every opportunity to have a meaningful life?
What actions could you do to make your life more meaningful? There are three ways of describing the usefulness of having a precious human life. These are the goals that we should be using this precious human life to achieve. Temporary goal, an ultimate goal, and moment by moment. Temporary goal within cyclic existence is that we have the ability to create the causes for a happy rebirth in the future. We need a precious human rebirth so that we may continue to progress along the path.
having a precious human rebirth isn't going to solve the dilemma of our being in samsara and continuing to suffer. We also have the ability, when we have a precious human life, to achieve our ultimate goal, which is to attain full awakening, to free our mind completely of disturbing attitudes and karma, which will then allow us the ability of helping others.
while we are trying to obtain these temporary and ultimate goals, it's important that we live our lives moment by moment and make each moment meaningful, transforming it into the path to awakening by practicing. We have the ability to eliminate the gap between our daily life and our spiritual life. We can generate bodhicitta each morning and remember it throughout the day as a motivation for everything we do. So the conclusion to this meditation is to recognize that there are many beneficial things to do in this life that can help you obtain another precious human life or to even become awakened in this very life and be enthusiastic about doing them. Now the Buddha on your head melts into light and dissolves into you. 
your body, speech, and mind become inseparable from those of the Buddha. So, moment by moment, lifetime by lifetime, we are trying to reach our ultimate goal of full awakening for the benefit of all sentient beings. What daily activities can we take and transform them to help us along the path? That's a question. <laughs> what do we do anyways to help us to do that? Maybe offering food? that something? Maybe offering service? If you're going to work each day, you can, instead of thinking, oh man, i got to go to work, it's like, I'm going to go offer service to help others throughout the day. Yes? Is there any others? Setting a good motivation. Setting a good motivation, yes. So you have the opportunity to apply the Dharma to whatever arises throughout the day. You can use any ordinary occurrence to further your practice. So we have a precious human life, but are we taking our precious human life for granted? Ask yourself, do I walk around all day thinking, I have a precious human life? I know I don't. It doesn't occur to me a lot of times. We have the Eight Freedoms and Ten Fortunes, which Venerable Semke reviewed last week. Tonight, we've meditated on the meaning and purpose of a precious human life. But is it really so difficult to obtain a precious human life? You bet it is. We are taught that this precious human life that we have is very valuable. It's very important that we use our life wisely now and create the causes to have another one in the future. We need to continue along the path to awakening. That's why we want a precious human life in our next rebirth and the next one after that and the next one after that. Unless, of course, we decide to become awakened in this lifetime. Then we don't need a precious human lifetime in our next rebirth. So how valuable is this precious human life? Well, there are three ways to think about this to develop a, a sense of the value of a precious human life. One is to think of the causes that are necessary to create it. Another is to think of analogies. And the third one is to think about the numbers. Before we get a precious human life, we need to create the causes for obtaining a precious human life. We do this by keeping pure ethical conduct, practicing the six paramitas, and by making pure prayers and dedicating the merit. 
most important one of these is to keep pure ethical conduct. We do this by abandoning, abandoning the ten non-virtuous actions. These actions are killing, stealing, unwise sexual behavior, lying, divisive speech, harmful speech, idle talk, covetousness, malicious thoughts, and wrong views. Now think about these. How many people have never committed any of these ten destructive actions? Have you ever not committed these ten destructive actions? Is there any one you can think of that hasn't committed at least one of these destructive actions? And we don't need to abandon one of them, we need to abandon all of them. But think about what a different world we would live in if everyone abandoned all of these ten destructive actions. be pretty nice, wouldn't it? No killing, no lying, no stealing, nobody yelling at you. Now, be nice. <laughs> Unfortunately, some of these destructive actions we do without even think about it. Talk about baseball or football, you know, idle talk, yeah. Or seeing something at work that you think you might need or want, you know. Or maybe telling a little white lie that nobody'll nobody'll even know about. What are some others? Mm -hmm. Come on guys, you're not helping me out here. So we need to abandon these ten non-virtuous actions. Another cause for obtaining a precious human life is practicing the six far-reaching attitudes. And what are they? Generosity. Generosity. Ethical conduct. Ethical conduct. Fortitude or patience, yeah. Joyous effort. Joyous effort. Concentration. Concentration. And wisdom. And wisdom. Very good. So how often during the day do we actually practice the six paramitas? When we have the opportunity to give, do we? When somebody harms us, are we patient? Or do we retaliate? I know what I do. We should approach our Dharma practice and the creation of virtue with enthusiasm. Do we? Getting up at 5.30 in the morning, going to practice, sometimes getting up at 4.30 going to practice. Are we always up there going, yeah, I get the opportunity to do this now. Or is it more like, oh no, not again, please. The third way to create the cause to obtain a precious human life is by making pure prayers to be able to have another precious human life so that we can practice the Dharma. And we dedicate the merit from our virtuous actions. But how careful are we when we create merit? When we are getting ready to do something positive, we need to set a motivation. 
We should be mindful and completely present while we do the virtuous action. Then we have to remember to dedicate afterwards. When we dedicate, we should dedicate our merit to full awakening and to have a precious human life. We should dedicate to meet qualified teachers and establish a relationship with them. We shouldn't dedicate for more worldly things. Worldly, of course, meaning in this life only. Because if we do that, when that merit ripens, then we won't have it for future lives. It'll be done and over with. But if we dedicate it for the sake of all sentient beings becoming awakened, then it keeps on going and going and going and going until those all sentient beings become awakened. So those are the three ways to create the causes for obtaining a precious human life. All of them together. Ethical discipline, the six far-reaching attitudes, pure prayer and dedicating the merit are the things we have to do in order to obtain a precious human life. But how often do we actually do them all during the day? But it's not impossible. You should appreciate that in the past life you did create the causes for a precious human life because you have one now. But that's no guarantee you'll have a precious human life in the future. So that's the first way to think about how to obtain or the value of a precious human life. The second way is to look at an analogy. It says tell a story. So we'll tell the story. The story that they always use is that of the blind tortoise. Now think of a world that's completely covered in water. Just like the earth, maybe bigger, maybe smaller, but no land, just water. And at the bottom of the ocean, and it's all ocean, lives a blind tortoise. And it just meanders about, doesn't do anything. But once every hundred years, that blind tortoise comes up for air. And somewhere on that ocean is a golden yoke. Now, what exactly are the chances that that tortoise will put her head through the yoke? Not very good. She comes up for air, and that yoke may be on the other side of the planet. It may be three feet from her, but she's blind. She can't see it. She may come up and hurt her nose on the yoke, but not put her head through it. So it's not a very good odds. So we are like that blind tortoise. We are blinded by our ignorance, swimming in the vast ocean of cyclic existence, mostly staying at the bottom of the ocean in an unfortunate rebirth. But every once in a while, we come to the service and have a good rebirth but just for a moment. But we don't necessarily have a precious human rebirth with all the causes and conditions to be able to practice. That precious human life is like that golden yoke that is floating here and there on the surface of the ocean. Can you begin to appreciate the opportunity you have right now? So the third way to consider the value of a precious human life is to look at the numbers. Venerable Chodron told us the story of the Buddha, how he used grains of sand in the, in the Ganges. He picked up a pinch between his fingers and said that this, is, this amount that I have here 
is like the number of beings that are going from the lower realms and upper realms into a precious human rebirth. All of the rest of the sand in the Ganges is the number of beings being reborn in the lower realms. Another way of thinking of it is from Lama Tsongkhapa. He wrote in the stages of the path to enlightenment, those who die in the miserable realms and are reborn there are similar to number in number to the dust particles on the great earth, whereas those who are born from there into happy realms are similar in number to the dust motes on the tip of a fingernail. Further, those who die in both types of happy realms, which are humans and gods, and are reborn in the miserable realms, are similar in number to the dust particles on the great earth, while those who die in the happy realms and are reborn there are similar in number to the dust particles on the tip of a fingernail. Now think about the number of humans versus the number of insects. Think about all of the insects on Shravasti Abbey. We have 240 acres here. Think about how many humans live here. And we seem crowded sometimes, even especially when we have guests. But think of the number of insects that live here. This is just Shravasti Abbey. Now think of the number of insects that live throughout the world. Now add the animals in the sea. All the great big whales and the little crustaceans. Now add the birds in the air. And don't forget the millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of animals that are on the land. So humans make up only a small portion of sentient beings, a very small portion. They are much less in numbers than animals, which are much less in numbers than predators, which are the hungry ghost, and which are much less in numbers than the hell realm beings. Patrul Rinpoche, in the words of my perfect teacher, wrote, It is said that it is like that there are as many beings in the hell realms as there are specks of dust in the whole world, as many predators as particles of sands in the Ganges, as many animals as grains in a beer barrel. Those beer barrels look like those humongous wine barrels that you've seen on television. And as many asuras, that's demigods, as there are snowflakes in a blizzard. But the gods and humans are as few as the particles of dust on the fingertip. And that's talking about regular human life. That's not talking about precious human life. Think about how many people there are right now on the earth. There's over 7 billion human beings. How many of them are engaged in some kind of Dharma practice? How many people were born before Shakyamuni Buddha was born and didn't have access to the Dharma? How many lived in a place where there's no access to the Dharma? Nowadays, you can get on a plane and go just about anywhere in the world in a few hours. And yet, how many humans right now live in a place where they have no access to the Dharma? How many people actually have all the outer and inner conditions to practice? Not many. 
So we have the freedoms and fortunes. We have thought about the meaning and purpose of having a precious human life. And we have some understanding of the difficulty of obtaining human life. So what do we do now? We practice. We rejoice that we're alive and we have a precious human life. Feel amazed at your fortune to have this present opportunity and determine to use it wisely. That's what we should be doing with our practice. Using this precious human life to move towards awakening for the benefit of all sentient beings. So it looks like we have a little time for questions and answers. Anything? Karun is sleeping peacefully. I don't think she has a precious human life right now. Should always be doing that. I just wish I could remember to do it all the time. <laughs> I think that um, the topic is so easy to understand. But internalizing it is so hard to repeat the question. You asked, why do you think the topic is so easy to understand mentally? I imagine you meant. And but difficult to internalize and to live out. Yeah. I think it's probably like anything else. We have to be accustomed to it. We're not. You know, we came rather late to the Dharma. Other things have priority in our mind, or we think they do. Mm-hmm. And um, but I think it's habit. Once we get into the habit of remembering and thinking about it all the time, then it will become second nature. But right now, it's not on the radar screen until somebody brings it into our face or we have the possibility of losing it. Then it would be there, I think. Finding what is a meaningful life for yourself obviously is a very personal experience. And again, um, we've been taught that the meaning of our life is something entirely different than what the Dharma teaches. Mm-hmm. We've been taught that a meaning of our life should be 
having a growing up, having a family, having a good job, making lots of money, and now we're being taught something entirely different by the Dharma. And so, it you have to really sit down and think about it over and over and over and over again until you get the experience and start living it, be able to live it. Yeah. In the present moment. That's the thing that I think resonates for me the easiest. Yeah. If we can remember to do things, to, to remember to do things, that we're doing things to try and become awakened in that moment. If everything isn't being done just automatically, if we can remember, I have a precious human life, what am I doing? You know, I'm walking in the woods, how do I make this meaningful to help me obtain a precious human life? If we can remember to do that moment by moment, day by day, then yes, that would be fantastic. So saying that our job is offering service is hard for me to say and do. Any advice to help me with that? Think about, I think, um, thinking about how it benefits you and how it benefits the other people that, especially that you're working with, if you can look at, go into them and, and see that you're offering a service, you can see their kindness and saying, yeah, what I'm doing is going to help them and help myself move along the path. I think that would, you know, help a lot. I agree, some jobs are, are pain in the butt, but, you know, go in with a happy mind, you know. I'm giving something of myself. Uh, any suggestions or comments are welcome. <laughs> well, I was thinking about Jordan when he was just here. What he really learned was to, in each moment, think about his motivation while he was doing something. Yeah. And it took his mind out of, you know, he works in fast food restaurants, very fast food, fast food joints, <laughs> fast food joints very difficult place to have a happy mind. Yeah. And I think that he really learned something about that. I learned from watching him learn. Mm -hmm. He was talking about Jordan having, trying to remember his motivation and having a happy mind time all the time. Keep reminding himself what his motivation is and why he's doing things and try while to have a happy mind while he's doing it. Yeah. yeah. We have generated so much merit to have a precious human rebirth, but they get so far off the path in this lifetime. Good question. <laughs> um, well, how far off the path are we really? Uh, we, I mean, we we have a pre another precious we have a precious human life now, and but the karma that we produce to get it is being expended. It's going away, but we have to keep redoing it over and over again. We have to do the ethical conduct. We have to do the six parameters. And it's it's not, it hasn't gone away, but it's going away. Um, so we, go, we work forwards, not backwards. We've, we've already done that in the path to, path to get where we are. We have to go forward. We have to do what the ethical conduct, the six parameters, um, dedicate the merit so that we have a precious human life in, in the future. 
Is that it? For folks who are, say, 80 years of age, and I guess it's difficult for them to understand the Dharma, how can we help them to cope with anger? Mm. I think it's best to um, find something that you can read to them from the Dharma teachings to help about fortitude and patience. Patience and fortitude is the antidote to anger. So that's where we would want to start. And also, you know, talk to them about loving kindness and compassion. That's something to open your heart. And you can't have an open heart and anger at the same time. Yeah, I think. Yes. And in our lives to be an example of that to yes. those people. And in our lives to be an example of that to those people. Yeah, yeah I was thinking about that. Like, often when I watch family interactions with my grandmother, I think, you know, if people actually just responded calmly, that would help so much. Yeah, and you know, you're just adding fuel and you know, so. yeah. mm-hmm. people respond calmly and to the anger, and that helps diffuse situations. Yes. So how we model it. Yeah. Maybe listening well and helping them to redirect their thinking without any dharma terms. Listen, listen well and help them redirect their thinking without any dharma terms. Yes. <laughs> Working with Anger by Venable Tupton Chogren is a good book to read from. Yes. Okay. Thank you for your patience, kindness, and compassion. <laughs> and now we'll dedicate. Due to this merit, may we soon attain the awakened state of Guru Buddha, that we may be able to liberate all sentient beings from their suffering. May the precious Bodhimar not yet born arise and grow. May that born have no decline, but increase forever.